I want you to turn with me today to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, I want to begin with verse 22. I've entitled the message today, Not Just Another New Year. Because if we're not careful, we can fall into the trap where we just say, oh, it's another, another year, another day. And we don't enter into the new year realizing that God is faithful, that God is good, that God is for us and not against us, that God is on the throne and He still is in control no matter what happens, no matter what it looks like, we know we can trust in our Lord. I don't want to enter into just another, another year. I want to enter into a year where God has a purpose and a plan for my life and a purpose and plan for your life and that we embrace the new year saying this year is going to be greater than the last year. Amen? How many want that? How many would say with me, this is not just another new year? (laughs) Well, let's look at this passage. It's a very familiar passage. In fact, this is a very familiar chapter in God's Word. And we're going to look at other aspects of the chapter as well. But I want to start with this story. Luke chapter 8, verse 22. Read along with me if you have your Bibles or your phones. Now, it happened on a certain day. And I want us to think about that for just a second. It happened on a certain day. We're going to come back to that, but I want you to remember that. It happened on a certain day. That he, speaking of Jesus, got into the boat with his disciples and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water, and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For He commands even the winds and water, and they obey Him. Aren't you glad that's the God we serve today? I want us to begin thinking about that little phrase. Now, it happened on a certain day. Because in the Greek, in the original text, that is emphasized. And it is speaking to the fact that this day is unique Unlike any other day. And as we enter into a new year, a new year is made up of individual days. And I believe the Lord is speaking to us that we need to understand every day that He gives us is a unique day. It's a special day. It's a day that God desires to do something in our lives and through our lives. How many want to approach the new year that way? I don't want to enter in, oh, it's just another day. I don't want to wake up in the morning and say, oh, it's just another day. Got to go to the church. Got to work and do some studying and get ready for the next service. I've got to just go through these things. No, I want to wake up every morning saying, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. 
This is a unique day. It's a gift from God. And God has a purpose and a plan for my life this very day. Now, in Jesus' life, there were so many wonderful, unique, astonishing days. <laughs> and we have the Gospels that tell us about the majority of those days and what Jesus did, what took place. But church, I want us to, to think about this, that the Gospel writer, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, said this day was unique. And when we think of God's unique days, we think of Christmas. You know, we celebrate the birth of Christ, or we think about His death on the cross, or His resurrection, and what that means for us. Those were unique and special times in the life of Christ. But I want us to think also and see in this passage that the biblical author, and it's not just Luke, the others as well, emphasize the uniqueness of this day. And the Lord, I believe, wants you to understand as we enter into a new year, the uniqueness of every day that He gives us. Every day is a gift from God. Every beat of our heart, every breath that we take, it's a gift from God. Are we going to wake up in the morning and thank the Lord for that, for that gift of a new day? Are we going to expect something wonderful and unique for that day? I believe that God's called us to that. I want us to make sure that we don't fall into the trap of the same old, same old. Turn to somebody and say, it's not going to be the same old, same old. <laughs> It's not. I believe this year is going to be unique. I believe that we're going to see God do great and mighty and wonderful and awesome things that are going to be different. Because that's the heart of God. Many people are caught up in the cycle of life. They're caught up, it's just another day. Get up, go to work, come home, take care of the kids, do my chores, whatever. It's in that cycle of life. And they're even in the cycle of life when it comes to New Year's Eve. For many people in the world to, this week on New Year's Eve, what are they going to do? They're going to find some party and they're going to drink or they're going to take drugs. They're going to get stoned out of their minds because they're trying to escape the same old, same old, which is pain and heartache and hurt in their lives. They don't have a future. They're not looking to what God's plan or God's purpose is for them. They're just think, thinking, it's just going to be another day and it's just going to be 365 days that make up another year. There's not going to be anything special about it. But when you know Christ, when He is your Lord, when He is your Savior, it's not the same old, same old. Every day's an awesome day from the Lord. It's unique, and you can expect His promises and His power and His glory in your life. I want us to look at verse 22 again. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into the boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake and they launched out. First of all, I want you to know Jesus is calling us into this new year and he is there with us. No matter what this 
New Year holes, He's with us right there. And He says, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. That should have been enough for the disciples to have faith if they weren't going to sink. Think about it. Jesus just told them, we're going to get in the boat and we're going to cross over to the other side. They should have said, yes, Lord, and cling to that Word of God. As we enter into the new year, one of the most important things is to take hold of the Word that God has promised us and say, this is the Word of God and it's going to come to pass in my life. In Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22, Jeremiah there, he is consoling himself as, with God's mercy as he looks upon the rubble of a nation that is experiencing the judgment of God. He's looking on the destruction and what's taking place in the nation. But listen to what he says. In Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 22, he says, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. He's saying every day, God's mercies are there for me when I wake up. And it's, and it's multiple mercies. God's mercies are there for me every day. Back in verse 22, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Church, we can expect to cross over into this new year with the Lord's presence, knowing His mercies are renewed for us every day. His mercies are new for us every day. We can trust His Word. We can trust His Word for our jobs, for our lives, for our marriages, for our families. We can trust His Word in every area of our life. Look at verse 23. But as they sailed, He fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water, and we're in jeopardy. Luke and Mark both show the vividness of the wind. In fact, Luke talks about wind three times in this short group of verses. This was a great storm. It was a mighty storm. It was a powerful storm that they were facing. And he, he brings that through in the text. And church, you don't know what storms of life you're going to encounter in 2021. But I guarantee you, God's grace is sufficient and His mercies are new for you every day. And He will see you cross over into that new year, fulfilling His purpose. This was an intense windstorm. It was uh, something that took place in the, the Sea of Galilee, which was in a shallow basin with hills on both sides, and the wind would come sweeping down. And it was, it was a tremendous windstorm. And most of us that live in Alaska, we understand wind. Amen? If you live in Palmer, you understand wind. We understand wind in Wasilla as well. You know, it's so amusing in Texas when they, when they get a, a big windstorm in Texas, you know, it, it's gusts, you know, maybe 20 or 30 miles an hour winds, you know, and they're, oh, how this is terrible, how are we going to live through it? 
You know, that's just a Tuesday in Alaska, you know. I mean, we've got windstorms of 100 miles an hour, you know. But church, God's grace is sufficient. His mercies are new every morning. It doesn't matter how great the storm of life that you're in. Jesus still speaks peace in the midst of the storm. I love that. Because there's been many times in my life when I've been in a storm that was raging around me and I needed the Prince of Peace to come and to speak that peace, that calm. And Luke here, he mentions in this story earlier than Matthew and Mark that Jesus was asleep. Luke was showing the mighty contrast between this storm, this tempest that was blowing so hard, he was showing the contrast between that and the Prince of Peace. And church, it doesn't matter how great the tempest is this coming year, we still know the Prince of Peace. Amen? We know the one that can speak into the storms of life and say, peace be still, and there will be a calm that will come over you no matter what's going on around your life. Aren't you thankful for that? I want us to see in this story that God desires to come by His Spirit and He desires to bring uh, His breath that brings life to us. That in this unique new year, every day, God wants to give us directives and guidance and He wants His Spirit to flow through our lives and for us, to enter this new year being leaders. Everybody say, I'm a leader. Every one of us is a leader. God calls us to be leaders. You, you may say, well, I don't, I'm not really a leader at my job. I'm not over anybody. Some of you are. You may say, well, I don't have my own business. I don't have employees. It doesn't matter. All of us are leaders in Christ Jesus. It may be, you may be retired. You may be just a someone that stays mostly at home and through the week, you may see one or two neighbors. You have influence with the neighbors. You have influence with your family, with the people around you. God gives us divine influence and favor that we can be leaders and in the midst of the storms, not only do we receive that peace, we know Jesus and we know Him as the Prince of Peace and He calls us to bring that same peace that we have in the midst of our storms to those people that we see are in the midst of storms. Are you with me? I want some unique days in 2021. Amen. Where I see someone that's in the midst of a storm. Maybe it's my brother Bruce. And I see he's in the midst of the storm. And I come alongside him and say, brother, I love you. I'm going to pray with you right now. God's peace is going to come upon you. And it doesn't matter the storm you're in. God is going to see you through it to the other side. God wants us to understand that we have His presence and His power and His glory in our lives. And that we are called to go and see unique days take place as God works through us. How many like that idea? Say, I want to be a leader this year. Remember what the Lord said in John chapter 7. 
Verse 37. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to Me and drink. He who believes in Me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this He spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in Him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Spirit wants to guide us and direct us and empower us. Are you with me? As we enter into a new year, we need to understand Christ in us is the hope of glory. Jesus is the light of the world. But when He ascended, He left. He told His disciples, what? He said, you are the light of the world. We are the body of Christ. We are the only hope for the world. Because Christ is in us. We are the only hope for the midst of people that are in the storms of life. We bring the peace and the presence of the Prince of Peace. Oh, come on, church. I don't want just another year. I want a year where God uses my life in a greater way than ever before. Where I can touch the lives of people. Where I can encourage them. Where I can see the glory of God manifested in their hearts and lives. And I want you to join me in that. One thing about our church that I constantly pray for. I pray for people to be added to our body that have the same heart. That say, Lord... I hunger and thirst for righteousness, and you said I'm going to be filled. There's people that don't want to just go through life. They want to go through life experiencing Jesus and His power and His presence flowing through them and ministering to everybody they encounter. I've told this story many times, but we've got a lot of new folks, so I'm going to share this story. I used to be a deputy sheriff in Tarrant County years ago. And one, one day I got called as a, uh, to go to a, the 13th floor and work a shift in the jail. And as I got off the elevator, I encountered someone that was, he was an inmate, he was in the holding cell, and it was the first thing that you see when you open the elevator door. But something odd happened that day. As I walked out of the elevator, the inmate looked at me, he was right there at the bars, and he just began to back up. And he, then I walked around the holding cell to the office to check in. And he stayed as far away from me as he could. And then right before I walked into the office door on the 13th floor of that jail, he looked at me and he pointed and he said, You're a man of God. I had never met that inmate. I had never seen him before. I had never been on the 13th floor of that jail before. But something in him knew that there was something in me. <laughs> Amen? And that's the way I want to go through life. That when I encounter someone who's been bound up by the enemy, they recognize that there's freedom in me and they can come and I can pray with them for Jesus to come and set them free. The Spirit wants to empower us and guide us and direct us in this new year. And as Christians, we need to respond to the Spirit's direction 
and His power that that living water will flow from us. Just as Jesus did extraordinary things on that day, the Gospel writers wanted us to note that Jesus wants to do extraordinary things through your life this year. I want us to look at something else in this chapter. Luke notes that there are phenomenal things that take place on this day. A certain day. First of all, there was the stilling of the tempest, which we just read. But the second thing I want you to see, in the same day, Jesus, when they get to the other side, He encounters a demonic. In verse 24 it says, And they came to Him, or, or that was the tempest, excuse me, on the verse 26. Then they sailed to the country of the Gadareans, which is opposite Galilee. And when they stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. He encountered someone that was in extreme bondage. And church, I want us to understand that the enemy still tries to get people trapped in bondage. Now, I've never met anyone that was in this type of bondage. This is extreme bondage. But I believe God's Word shows us this to show us the intent and the desire of the enemy. That he desires to place people in bondage where they cannot function in life. But Jesus encounters this man and He sets this man free. And I want you to take that as another idea for your new year. Because one of the things I enjoy every year is meeting with people that are struggling with something that is controlling their life and praying with them and seeing Jesus set them free. And I want to guarantee you, when the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Amen? It doesn't matter what kind of bondage you've been in. Just like this man, I don't know anybody who is as bound as this man that Jesus is dealing with here in this passage. But church, I have encountered people that were struggling with alcohol. I knew a young man that drank a, a fifth of whiskey every day. And he came and he said, I want to be free from this. He said, my son, I passed out on the couch last night. My little boy came and he couldn't wake me up. I wasn't there for him. And he said, I need to be there for my son. And I want to be set free from this. And I agreed with him right then. We prayed together and I said, Jesus, I want you to set this man free that he would never, ever go back to the, the whiskey again. And I said, and beyond that, I said, Jesus, I don't want him to go through any withdrawals. And guess what? He never drank another drop. And he never went through withdrawals. Church, that's a unique day. Amen? That's the kind of day I want to go through. 
And then 2021, Lord, bring me those type of days. Lord, I want to see people come to the freedom of Jesus and never, ever return, never stumble, never go back, but welcome the power and the presence of the true and the living God that they can go forward and never look back. Amen? And that's a unique day. Those are the kind of days you say, well, pastor, I'm not you. I haven't been through training. Let me tell you, Bible school doesn't train you to cast out demons. Sadly, they should. Let me tell you what happened in the first encounter I had with one. I was in Alaska. We had been here just about a year. We were living on Kodiak Island. And a little girl had a knife and she had come with me and it was a butcher knife. Little teenage girl, we were in the girl's home. We had six girls in the home with us. Now, we were ministering at the church, but we were there at the, the boys' town facility. So what, it was like a boys' town, except this was a girl's and a boys' room. I mean, houses were there. She came at me with a butcher knife and she, she, she said, I'm going to stab you, I'm going to kill you. And I just reached up real quick and grabbed her arm and took it away from her. And I said, why did you want to do that? And she said, because he told me to. Later on that night, or a few nights later, I'm not sure when, but it wasn't long that Melinda ran upstairs because she heard furniture moving. And you won't hear preachers talk about this much. Because people don't want to believe this. Yet Jesus dealt with it constantly. I sent her up there and there because she wouldn't go. I didn't think I thought she was just messing with us because she's mad at us. But she we heard furniture just moving around late at night. So Melinda went upstairs and I said, When you hear the furniture move, stand outside her door, open it up and catch her. So Melinda went up there and did that. She opened the door to catch her, and the furniture was all over the room, and the little girl was in her bed in a fetal position, just trembling. And Melinda called me. <laughs> oh, honey, <laughs> we have a situation. Well, I went up there, and I knew I had no experience with this, but I knew the one that had all the experience. And I said, she, I said, we asked her, you know, what's going on here? And she said, my dead boyfriend that was a drug dealer, he's appearing to me in, in my room and he's pushing and moving all my furniture. And I said, it's not your dead boyfriend, it's a demon who's taking on that appearance. And I said, do you want to be free from it? And she said, yes. So we, we led her through some Scripture. We prayed for her and led her to Jesus. And then, then I said, now we're going to deal with this demon who's tormenting you. And she said, okay, I want to be free. And so I didn't know how to 
do it. I just knew the power and the authority of the blood of Jesus. I knew the power and the authority in the name of Jesus. And I just started praying. I said, in, in the authority of Jesus' name, in the authority of the power of His blood, she doesn't want you in her life, and I command you to loose your hold in her life. And, and the next thing I know, she started talking to me in a, in a deep, deep voice that sounded like a huge football player or something. And it freaked me out. But I didn't run. I didn't, didn't stop. I continued to stand on the authority of the Word of God. I prayed for her. I, I, I just said, Jesus... This guy's got to go. Lord, I just re rebuke him in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over this young lady. Lord, bring your freedom to her. And I kept praying and kept praying. And in, in a, just a few moments, all of a sudden, she just went limp. And before that, she was, she was just flailing. I mean, she was trying to hit me and hit Melinda. And, and uh, the next thing I know, she's just limp on the, on the floor. And then she, she gets up. And she smiles and she says, he's gone. A lot of Christians don't believe in that. Church, Jesus spent three, uh, or spent one third of his ministry dealing with that kind of stuff. And you may never encounter anything like this or anything like I just shared. But let me tell you for sure, you will encounter people that are living in some kind of bondage and they're not able to fulfill the life that Jesus has for them. And Jesus wants to use you to be unique on a certain day and bring the love and the freedom of Jesus to those hearts and lives. He still does it today. Amen. I went way too long on that one, but I'm going to sh cut this one short. Third thing. On that same day, everybody say, the same day. <laughs> there was the healing of a woman who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years. In verse 43, it says, Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. Amen? Immediately that flow stopped. God healed her physically and set her free. God wants to use you to pray for people and see Him heal them. I believe that. And that is a unique day. How many, how many would want, you know what I'd do? I'd get up after that, I'd do my happy dance. Amen, I'd get up, yes. What a day, amen. The fourth thing I want you to see, on this same day, on this same day, verse 51, when he came into the house, he prevented no one to go except Peter, James, and John. And the father and mother of the girl. This is the story of Jairus' daughter. She had died and a, a servant came to him and told, G, told him when he went to get, he was there to get Jesus. Now all wept, it says in verse 52, and mourned for her. But he said, do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. 
And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. Imagine this is a day in the life of Jesus. Now you understand why the gospel writers are saying, this certain day, this was an awesome day. This was a unique day. And I want to tell you what Jesus did in this day. He calmed the storm. He set the demonic free. He healed the woman with the issue of blood. And then he raised the little girl from the dead. And that's our God. That's his uniqueness. That's his greatness. And he wants us to experience unique and great and awesome days like that. Hallelujah. Church, we got to rise up. we got to believe the Word. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in this world. Do you believe that? All these great things that took place. But I want us to see how that day began. And then we're going to close. The day began with the disciples learning and Jesus teaching. In verse 11 of this same chapter, Luke chapter 8, it says, he gives them a parable and then he begins to explain the parable of the sower in verse 11. He says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who... When they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. What I want us to see is Jesus isn't teaching about the sower. He's teaching about the soil of our souls. He's teaching about the fact that we have to receive the Word of God in our lives and then allow that Word to grow and to mature, that we would have deep roots, that we're grounded when temptation comes, when we're grounded at these times when, when, when there's a storm or other things in our life. We're grounded by the root of God. And when we're grounded in the Word of God, then we can expect those unique days to take place in our lives and through our lives. And you hear me talk about that a lot. That's a phrase I constantly use. What Jesus wants to do in our lives and through our lives. Because so many times we get caught up about, Jesus, I need this, and I need that. I need you to to do this in my life, and to do that in my life. And then when we receive that, and Jesus does that work in our lives, we, we praise Him and give Him glory and thanks, but we don't think about Jesus working through our lives. And in the new year, God's calling us, church, to expect Him to not only work in our lives, but to work through our lives. 
Amen. But the soil of your soul is what's important. Are you going to receive the Word of God? Are you going to expect Him to do unique and wonderful and awesome things in your life and through your life? Because we don't know what the new year holds. But if we have the Word of God, received it in our hearts and lives, Living out that Word. Living out the Spirit of God, not only touching our lives, but ministering through our lives. You can expect unique and awesome days this year. I've had unique and wonderful, awesome days in the past. I've seen so many people set free from bondage. Sometimes it... It's, it, it's something simple. Someone will say something to you as a child. They'll say, you're worthless, or you're no good, or I wish you hadn't been born. You'll never amount to anything. And those things become seeds, and those begin to grow in our lives. They're negative words. And we, if we're not careful, we begin to go through life being beat down and believing that those things are just who we are, and that's the way life is. But church, I want to tell you, those are lies from the pit of hell. Those are lies from the enemy. And God wants to set you free from that. Amen? He wants you to realize that you are precious and unique, that He loves you, that His mercies are new for you every day. And God wants to work through your lives, that the Spirit of God wouldn't only work in you, but through you. I'm believing God for a greater year. Amen? Robin Sharice, I've been praying for you and, and the new restart. And I believe it's going to be unique. I believe there's going to be awesome days. You're going to see people that are going to be healed. You're going to see people that are going to be set free. And, it, and it's not going to be where they, they're set free for a while and when they, when they get out, then they stumble and fall. When the sun sets them free, they're free indeed. Amen? And I'm believing that we're going to see men or, and women and whoever God leads to, the, the, not only the Dream Center, but also the life changers. Amen? I believe in God for greater things, for people to be set free, never to go back to the garbage that they've been in. Never to go back to the pig's pen of life, but to go forward and not only receive that freedom in their life, but begin to share that freedom with others. Amen. And church, I said I was going to end, so I better, worship team, you better come or I'm not going to stop. But church, it's not just for Rob and Sharice or Brandon and Lauren and their, their ministries. It's for every one of us. Are you with me? Yes. Every one of us. And that's the unique thing God wants to do in our, our lives this year. I believe that. He's looking for those that will cling to His Word. Those that believe His Word. Those that receive it and hide it in their heart and live by it. And those that have faith 
to see other people impacted by the Spirit of God. And that's my prayer for each and every one of us. If you have a business, you have an awesome opportunity because you're a leader. You may be a small business, you may only have three or four employees, or you may have one employee, but you're in a place of leadership. You may, on your job, be a manager. You may be someone that God's given some influence that you recognize, and whatever that influence is, church, God wants you to use that influence for His glory. Are you with me? Stand with me, please. I want to launch out. I want to cross over into another year. And I don't want it to be the same old, same old. I want it to be unique in Christ. I want to see people restored and healed and delivered. People growing in the Word of God. People that come to know Jesus that have never known Him. And God wants to do that through His church. But we have to be willing. He's given us this new year to enter into. But it's up to us. I want you to bow your heads with me. Lord, We've just read in Scripture portions about a unique, wonderful, phenomenal day in your life. And Lord, your Word tells us that we are your body now that you've ascended to heaven. That we are your message. That we are your hand extended. That our feet are ordered of the Lord. And Lord, as we enter into a new year, I pray for the blessings of God upon each and every one of us. I pray, Lord, for unique, awesome, wonderful days where we are Your hand extended, where we pray with people, where we minister the love and the life of Jesus to them, where the Spirit of God flows from our hearts and touches their lives. But Lord, it begins with us learning. It begins with the soil of our souls being open to Your Word and saying, yes, Lord. Have Your way in my life. Have Your way in me. Lord, I just thank You that that's the heartbeat of our church today. We say yes, Lord. Lord, as 2020 is behind, almost behind us and we're just about to enter into a new year, Lord, I ask for an increase of Your anointing upon our lives. As John said, increase in me and help me to decrease. Lord, we want to be more like Jesus. We want to be mighty men of God, men like David who had a heart after God's own heart. We want to be women of God that were mighty in You, that 
heard the words of Jesus, that were there and experienced the outpouring of His presence and experienced the Spirit of God flowing through their lives and ministering to others. Lord, bring us into that new year. And one, one more time, Lord, I pray if anyone here is still hurt and still wounded and hasn't given you and has not given you their hurt, their brokenness and their wounds, right now, in Jesus' name, I ask you to overwhelm them with your love and your grace and your mercy, your peace. Lord, I ask you right now to heal and to mend the brokenness and the hurt from the past. In Jesus' name, right now, I ask for all of that hurt to be gone. For you to heal it, Lord, remove it, and just restore them to wholeness today. And I ask it in Jesus' glorious name. Amen.